Suzanne Pedersen in her ninth Solheim Cup with this to win the trophy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ninth Tee Podcast. The old American in the field, Angela Stanford, wins at Old American Golf Club at the Volunteers of America Classic. The 43-year-old delivering her seventh career victory at seven under par. Joined as always by the one, the only, Mr. Ben Harpring of womensgolf.com. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Kent. How are you doing? Well... I got to say, picking my third winner, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. (laughs) As you should, man. As you should. We've talked about, just in general, kind of a rule of thumb is being within five shots on Sunday gives you a chance to win. A chance. It involves generally the, the leader dropping back a little bit, you playing really well. There were 96 players in the field this week. 23 players were within five shots coming into today. There were so many people who could have won and 10 players were within one shot of the lead. Over 10% of the field was within one shot of the players at four under. Yalimi No had a chance to separate herself. The 19 year old doubled the 18th hole Saturday to fall back to four under. And Angela Stanford showed some veteran guile. Really her chance to win started after being able to push through a critical double bogey on the 14th Saturday. She went four over through a four hole stretch, dropped back to one under par, has one par five left in front of her. The 17th gets around the green in two, just above the bunker, wedge in hand. Her second chip in of the tournament delivers an eagle to get to minus three to join those 10 players within one shot. And that was such a big momentum swing for her. And we've talked a lot, Ben, about one shot being such a different thing mentally than two, than three. And that gave the veteran an opportunity. And oh me, oh my, did she grab it with seven birdies today to close out. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think with Angela, too, when you watch her play, she... She's a passionate player. Like she will show you the fist pumps. She, she's going to be. We'll get into this in a little bit. I'm, I'm sure. But she's in a. She was announced to be the uh, assistant captain for the Solheim Cup team, and she's played on many Solheim Cup teams. And it, you see, it's like she has that determination, that grit, that that uh, intensity that she brings. And and she knew that was a big shot. Yes, on in Saturday's round, champion for Eagle to kind of steady the ship at that point and then yeah today she just it it seemed i don't know if i want to use the word destined but she was ready to go and she executed nearly flawlessly it was just incredible to see her she's a texas native lives in the dallas area this is a home event last year cheyenne ninth delivered a hometown victory And for Angela to win, this is the first time that her family watched her win. Her mother finished cancer treatments this week. 
those two are incredibly close. And for her to be able to have that moment in front of her family. And that's not something many people expect. There aren't many 40 year olds or anyone over 40 that plays on the LPGA tour at this point. And for Stanford to deliver a victory and say, Hey, I'm still here for that age group. That was really significant to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And look, like we we've talked about it, and it's not like it's some some secret. The, the LPGA is a young tour, and it's it's been trending young. It's been young, but it's we've seen. You know, Stacy Lewis won earlier this year, and now Angela won. It's it, golf is such a great game because you can play it for so long, and even if it's just like catching lightning in a bottle for that week, which I do not think is the case with Angela. I think that she's been playing pretty well. Um, but even if that's the case, like you can still pull out, you can get wins even, even into the, the later parts of your career. So yeah, super exciting. And congratulations to Angela. And a part of that for Angela to win this week was an improved short game. She talked about that quite a bit throughout the week. And that was exemplified on the 72nd hole. Yes, she bogeyed the hole, but her chip, which is on the left side of the green, uphill, difficult lie, can't really go high in the air with it. She showed exemplary touch in a scenario where your heart's going to be pounding. It's the last hole. There were no leaderboards out there, but with how well she was playing, she had to know she was at least in the hunt, if not aware of where she was in the leaderboard at the time. She put herself four feet away. Sure, she missed the four-footer and gave NB Park a chance to say young Kimmet and get into a playoff, but <laughs> two-shot lead versus a one-shot lead if she doubled it, which could only happen with a bad chip from that spot. And she talked about after with Karen's doubles, like that's showing my growth with my short game and with how cold it was. They had a frost delay on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> It was in the 30s and 40s. And I don't know about you, Ben. I'm a spoiled California kid. You know, cold weather golf doesn't happen that often. <laughs> watching the players out there, the wind chill got it down to the 40s. And NB Park had the, the parka robe. I feel like I wear a decent amount of layers in cold golf. I clearly don't wear enough. That was my big takeaway from playing in the cold. <laughs> Yeah, well, it ended up. Yeah, it, it's definitely a big factor. I I know that I saw some exchanges uh, with from players earlier in the week. You're like, do you know how good even par is? Like, do you know how good that kind of score is? And like, when it's that cold, and you're in Texas, so it's also windy. Like, inevitably, it's always windy, and it was, um, including today, which really made. Which made Angela's round even more impressive was that that wind whipping out there, like it was definitely you had to play the wind, and it was even affecting putts some. So, yeah, as far as you and wearing more layers, you know, I am in a not spoiled California kid, growing up in Indiana, and when it's February and it, we get our first like forty degree day, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like, let's go. I'm re- I'm ready to go. I'm smiling when I get that weather. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it was an impressive feat. 
uh, all around. This is a great week uh, for considering you're playing Texas in December, which no one saw coming <laughs> at the start of the year. But uh, yeah, we saw we saw some some good cold weather golf. And another factor that affects cold weather before we jump back to Angela and, and what the wind means for her and possibly myself. Jin Young's distance off the tee. I was I was thinking about this, right? Jin Young averaged 258 yards off the tee in 2019 full season. It was so cold. She was barely carrying it 200. Like it was going 210, 220 because there's just so much distance loss when it's colder tougher to get your body going the weather's saying no you're not flying anywhere and that's such a big adjustment for players to deal with and to angela's credit with the lower ball flight was able to keep it steadier and that's how she outdueled an incredible leaderboard behind her right <laughs> players that yeah. finished five under so young you making her debut this week nb park Hall of Famer NB Park. We put respect on Hall of Famer's name on this podcast. You leave me know. Right. Who's been in contention now four times? Jin Young, just a casual world's number one in the same group as her. And those two were tied for the lead at five under on the 14th hole, which was the critical hole today. Granted, there were a lot of critical holes for Stanford to make so many birdies, but that hole in particular was the momentum swinger. That was a par four. Stanford got on the green and regulation above the hole. Pins up front. Coe's a little short. Downwind. Karen Stupples, who was the on-course analyst for this group, summed it up well. Down, downwind, uphill, short-sighted. Recipe for disaster. Disaster struck. Chipped it up. A little too short. Turtles back down right next to her feet. And again. Stupples hit on the head. This chip's going to go long. That's precisely what Jin Young did. Not that it was super long. It was 15 feet. But that's that's not an easy putt. She goes on to double the hole. Angela Stanford, just inside of her. I don't know how you were thinking when you saw that putt, Ben. But I was like, <laughs> this ball better hit the cup. <laughs> it was going pretty hot downhill. <laughs> And it drove a dagger into Jin Young's lead, into the rest of the field. That was the first two-shot lead any player had since Yalimi No had a two-shot lead going into the final hole Saturday. That was where Stanford finally was able to pull away a little bit. The two-shot lead didn't stick around for very long. But to have that separation was like, oh my goodness. she She's got a good chance. Yeah, to me, when I was watching that, kind of unfold i was thinking oh my goodness this is going to be a two or three shot swing like jenny young's going to make at least bogey maybe double and angela she makes birdie like the the tide shifts and i feel like to me she had some of that that solheim cup vibes to it not that it was match play but like she knew the significance i think like of that swing, that turn of events. Um, I, again, I, I guess we don't know since there are no leaderboards out there for sure if she was following along um, via her phone or her caddy's phone. But regardless, 
playing, she knows on that hole that she made up significant ground <laughs> on Jin Young. So, so yeah, it was it was the top, it was it was the the big moment um, on the back nine coming down the stretch. And on the fifteenth, she left a pretty good birdie look a touch short. I was thinking, oh boy, are the nerves starting to get to her a little bit? Because that's what happens when you're nervous. You leave putt short. It was dead in the heart of the cup. But nope, 16, par three, pin high, left to rider, perfect pace, right in the heart of the cup. And it's like, okay, we got to seven under. <laughs> this thing is probably done, even though there's that par five in front of her, which she showed some veteran guile on the 17th where they weren't going to go for it in two. She laid up to a number she wanted. Front left pin with the backstop. Spins it off the backstop to two feet. That is some wisdom gained from so many years out on the tour. And this all starts with her ability to bounce back from that four over and four hole stretch. We talked about it with Jennifer Cupcho beating herself up out in New Jersey and finishing two shots behind Mel Reed. Golf is such a hard sport. And especially these players who have the pristine of pristine swings, skills, ability to do whatever they want with the golf ball. The ability to not beat yourself up and keep playing the best you can is a big differentiator. Jin Young brought it up in her post-round interview. That, hey, you know, I had that bad mistake, but I was proud of myself for continuing to play good golf the rest of the way. That's a big difference. And those six inches between your ears matters a lot. And Stanford, with all of her experience, found a way to get back in contention yesterday and pushed all the way through today. She got it done. That's what it. That's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to, and it's experience not only just years on tour, but experience in Texas playing playing golf in Texas, um, living there. Like she has to have. I mean, she knows. <laughs> she knows some cold Texas days. I think she was prepared for all of it. She was prepared for all of it in just about every way possible. So it, it was. It was an impressive showing. The 2001 LPGA Tour rookie, 20 years on tour. Pretty, pretty good. That's what we call analysis right there, Ben. Speaking of which, <laughs> the bets of the week. Why it was a good week for me? Ben, uh, care care to tell me uh, who I picked this week? Um. Well, I won't. <laughs> I'll just go straight to it. You picked. You picked the winner. <laughs> you picked the winner. I was trying to think of something smart to say to kind of like throw a jab at you, but I couldn't. I, there's nothing I can say. <laughs> you picked the winner. So, yes, you picked Angela Stanford before the week began. Along with Angela Stanford, again, bets of the week. I do pick five people. Everyone made the cut, but Angela was the only player in contention. Uh, I picked Allie Ewing. Formerly Allie McDonald decided to change her last name after getting married earlier in the year this week. Initially, she was planning to wait till 2021. 
She was at 16 to 1. She finished tied for 43rd. Caroline Masson, 35 to 1, finished tied for 25th. That was the best result of the four others. Mi Jung Her at 40 to 1, tied for 38th. And Gabby Lopez at 55 to 1, tied for 58th. And my thought coming into this week was this is a tournament that is priming people for next week. So I was thinking that the the odds on favorites would not be in contention, which was clearly wrong <laughs> because <laughs> Envy Park was the odds on favorite this week. And Jin Young was tied for second at 11 to one. I thought MB was overvalued because she's won this tournament twice, but it was not at old American. And with the difference in weather, it's just a different game, completely different when it's in the thirties feels like the thirties versus the low was in the sixties. The last two times this tournament's been played. I mean, you're looking at Instagram stories of players on the driving range in the freezing weather at six 30 in the morning. You're miserable. I'm sorry. That's not a fun existence. <laughs> so I think no. players were more likely to let go of the rope if they were playing badly. And it's like, okay, well, this isn't reflective of what's going to be like in Houston. I want to push more next week. I don't want to be tired. There was a reason say young Kim didn't come to this event, despite this being one of her best tournaments. Danielle Kang wasn't here this week. Similar thought process, I imagine. But. Sure, I went with Angela Stanford at 125 to 1 as the long shot and a similar rationale to why I picked Bianca after the KPMG Women's PGA Championship when she was over 150 to 1. A top 10 the week before. It feels like the inverse of picking odds on favorites is how long shots should be selected. Angela Stanford at 125 to 1 was joined by Yoon Hee Ji. Kristen Gilman, Janet Lynn, and Maria Fossey. Maria has yet to be in contention in her career. Gilman made a run at the AIG Women's Open this year. That's really the most we've seen her. She played respectively this week. Yoon-hee G, couple-time winner. I've been on her before. We've we've talked about Yoon-hee. She deserves credit, but not playing as well as Angela coming into this week. Christy Kerr at 14 to one. Andrea Lee at 11 to one. Jasmine Swanapura was right there at the AIG women's open pushing Sophia pop up, but couldn't come all the way through. Just felt like, dang, this is a, a glaring name that should be highlighted. Angela's won multiple times. Last week was not her first top 10 since the restart. And that's where there's value on the board, right? That's the whole focus of this. Picking winners is wonderful, but identifying value is how the ROI is going to stay consistently high. And obviously hitting on 125 to one, your, your ROI is going to jump up pretty good. <laughs> uh, this was the 12th event since the restart when I started making bets every week. Makes a clean 300 units with Stanford's victory. The units one is at 552 and a half. So return on investment is plus 84.2%. And that plus is going to be a plus for a while. Even if there are (laughs) 
no winners picked for the next 10 events, which is obviously not the plan with hopefully continuing the three and 12 pattern. But I think that's what I'm learning because initially those long odd bets were going awfully. They were pretty trash. <laughs> so it's with the, with the outright favorites, you know, Jerry Fultz mentioned on the telecast, it's going to be hard for odds makers to set because there's going to be so many top players playing really well going into the tournament. Do you have a thought then on who the, the odds on favorite will be next week? Uh, I feel like it would be say young. Is this an answer? You know, the answer to, or no, I have no clue. The odds won't be set till tomorrow. I feel like with the recent, the most recent success, of Se Young winning her last two tournaments. I feel like it'll probably in her being number two in the world. I feel like it will probably be Se Young. I would think that too. But okay, you're gonna have Se Young. You're gonna have Inby who is ten to one this week, who just finished in second, so in theory her odds are going to drop. You have Soya and you returning and playing fantastically. Danielle King is gonna come back to the fold. That's hard, right? So, of and those number players, one's playing really well. Yeah, yeah. Jin Young Ko fit this week. So, of those players, right? Like the value is going to be whomever the odds makers give the highest odds to is probably going to be the pick out of that group. And that's where you try to find value. There is just okay. Who's kind of mispriced? That's how I picked Danielle King in the first week at the Drive On Championship, the maiden edition. It was just, oh, here's a group of good players, and Danielle, for some reason, is slightly behind. Click. And that was a similar thought process with Say Young at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. It's great that it works out, but it's focusing on finding value, which women's golf provides. I think men's sports are so heavily covered, it's far more difficult to find that value versus women's golf. I guess I can't speak to other women's sports, but women's golf in particular we hammer this every week that there's just not enough coverage to be able to kind kind of sift through this more in my head, looking at Stanford's resume, I kind of guessed, especially with a smaller field of only 96 players, just mathematically, it's more likely that for any one player to win with that. I was guessing a hundred to one in my head with just looking at her resume blindly. So to get that extra 25, Merry Christmas. Take it and run. <laughs> and the fact is that we're actually we're almost playing golf on Christmas. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess I can actually say happy Christmas now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, you're, I, I totally agree. I mean, you, you are the uh, quote unquote expert here on this in this area. But I, I agree with the quote unquote part. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, like, we're going to be talking about the U.S. Women's Open, which is next week, or technically this week, uh, I think, on another episode. But the the odds for that, see, it's going to be very interesting, just a short tangent, that there's a lot of players coming over from Korea and Japan that the reason they're in, able to play is because of the time of year that this tournament is being played in. So there's a lot of extremely good players that nobody knows about uh, I shouldn't say no one, but very few know about. So it's going to be interesting to see the odds on those players. Like they, some really good players, and I, I'm, 
I think the the value there's going to be a lot of value there. So bring it back here though. Uh, yeah, I think that you, we, but primarily you have done a good job of identifying the value. Oh, I thought I could sit here and just bask in the glory of you complimenting me, but okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't give you too many compliments because you get too, your head would get a little too big and then, yeah, you know, yeah, can't that's be fair. having that. We can, we can move on from <laughs> Angela's victory. Just talk about the other notable performances. We briefly mentioned who Angela took down. Recently, Golf Digest put out a wonderful story about the Corda sisters. Cover story, written by a woman, photographed by a woman, first time Golf Digest ever done that. The two sisters combine, highly touted on tour, multiple wins between them. This season have six top tens between the two of them. MB Park just passed them by herself with her seventh this week in 11 <laughs> events. That is a Hall of Famer doing Hall of Fame things. He, there's just I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's not true. I do know what to say, but it, she's just so good. Watching her play, it, she always seems like she's in control. Always, it it just feels like she could always win, no matter no matter the week. Like you were saying, this week was you know maybe she wouldn't be all the way. Um, in contention this week was kind of your thought process at the beginning of the week, but there she was. She has that type of game. She doesn't overpower golf courses, but she's always right there. And when you putt like she does, I know this gets talked about a lot, but she is literally the greatest putter I've ever seen in person. And maybe, I mean, <laughs> she's just so good. And that putter, it, it keeps her, has her in tournaments nearly every time she tees it up. So, yep. <laughs> Hall of Favor doing Hall of Favor things. She had a bit of an off year for her standards in putting last year and putting average, which can be a touch of a misleading stat because if you miss a bunch of grains and you hit a chip first, your putting average is going to look a little bit better. But for a player as consistent as MB is at finding the green, she went from 27th in putting average last year to second this year. And you have hammered home correctly that she's one of the greatest putters the game of golf has ever seen. And one big thing I love, I love watching NB putt is on two, three footers. She hits that thing so hard. Every <laughs> single one of those rattles around the cup and then goes in. That is, I am picking right center. I am picking left center, depending on the break. And it, it's going in the hole. Cause I'm hitting hard. That is pure confidence in your stroke. That is the appropriate way to attack those short putts. And don't ask me if I've missed a short putt like that. And hitting it that hard. Painful memories. <laughs> Probably lost your green regulation when you hit it off. <laughs> your two or three footer off the green. Oh, but uh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Of course. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. But you're right. Like that's the utmost confidence, and that does show a lot of why she's as great as she is. So young, you also returning to the tour this week. Casual, casual T two, minus five. 
kind of screwed up the scorecard today. 17 pars until the last hole where she birdied. But it's great to see her make a return. Always happy to have former world number ones, major champion. Excuse me for not saying that earlier. Back in the yes. mix. And we we just talked about odds. And we'll delve into this more in the U.S. Women's Open preview show. But my goodness, her odds, I, I don't know how you calculate them off just one performance that's this good. We've seen a lot of players return from South Korea who are talented immediately make a cannonball into the pool with their results. Soyeon's got to be a player who's considered up there too. Yeah, she, she has the the experience. She <laughs> She's playing well. And her mentality is always great. You know, you'll see her out there on the course smiling. Like a good mixture, I think, of of being locked in and focused, but also smiling like she's like enjoying herself while she's out on the golf course. So, yeah, that's going to be quite the test, trying to see how they uh, kind of put the odds on her. But, yeah, she's – I don't know. What, what can you say about Soyeon? I'm just – I'm really impressed, though, for sure. Like she just got back into the U.S. Uh, – got to the U.S. last week. So it's always a challenge, even during normal years, when you're traveling from overseas, you know, getting over jet lag, the whole process. Um, but she's right there, I mean, in contention. And you'll me know, also finishing T2, the entire final group of you'll me know, Envy Park, Soyeon Yu, all finished 500 together. Different journeys, but they all got there at the end. This is the fourth time she's been in contention in her career. Thornberry Creek, when she Monday qualified in 2019, finished tied for sixth, was paired with then world number one Sunghyun Park on Saturday. Second place at the Cambia Portland Classic had the lead coming down the stretch until Hannah Green overtook her. Once again in Portland this year, tied for third. And here she is tied for second. Angela Stanford is an assistant captain for the U.S. Solheim Cup team. Her victory today probably throws a monkey wrench into that strategy. But watch out for No. 19 years old. That's a player that is rising. And man, that... I would not be shocked to see her at Inverness Club representing the Stars and Stripes in 2021. Me either. She is legit. I mean, obviously, look, if you're if you have an LPGA tour card, you're legit. I, I think that term gets misused in sports a lot, like uh, as far as being critical of, of players or or whatever. It's like if you're at the highest level of your sport, you are really good. But Yelimi is like her game is so impressive. Uh, I think she's tall, so she she's able to generate quite a bit of power. Uh and what I was super impressed with this week was her short game. You know, we talk about uh, she finished the round, the third round. She had a two-shot lead going to the final hole, and she ended up uh, making double bogey after finding the fairway bunker off the tee and then hitting her second shot, not getting out of the bunker, so she had to take a third shot out to get out of the bunker. Um but the shot, her fourth shot on that hole, was not an easy shot. And she hit one of the best shots of the week 
unfortunately doesn't really get remembered because she ended up missing the short putt to make bogey. But that's just an example. Like she was doing that all week when she was getting in difficult spots with her short game. I mean, difficult, difficult spots, um, you know, around the green, she's able to, her short game is really good. She's just a, a very, very good player. And like you said, I, I definitely agree. So I'm cup there, a victory in the near future. Um, maybe over the next couple of weeks, maybe next year, like with it, she, she'll be there. She'll be there for sure. She is on the precipice. And of course, fifth place, world number one, Jin Young Ko. Her calling card is hitting greens and regulation. Talked about this last year. She hit over 79% of them. Hit only 56%, if I recall that number correctly. It was in the mid-50s in Florida a couple weeks ago. Got to 64% this week in a event where with so much wind, those numbers are going to be depressed a bit. Not quite her standard still, but a really impressive showing, and that's trending in the right direction going into the major. And Ben, you were floating a, a hypothetical, which is highly, highly interesting about Jin Young over the next couple of tournaments with this finish that I'm kind of here to, to explore a little bit. Yeah, well, I got to thinking, you know, as she was tied for the lead today, I was like, if she wins today, and she won the U.S. Women's Open, and she won the CME Group Tour Championship, which she would then qualify. You know, she'd be qualified for it for sure to get into. Would she be Player of the Year? And actually, with Danielle Kang with two wins, Se Young Kim with two wins, if Chen Young were to win U.S. the U.S. Women's Open and the CME Group Tour Championship, she would hands down run away with the money lead because the purses are so big at both of those events but she only have four four starts in 2020 and then it could possibly be the player of the year i mean what what would be that how would you how could you determine that would so okay we have the rolex player of the year rankings updated as of now mm -hmm. it's currently a three-way battle Young kim has 106 NB Park has 102 points after today's second place finish. Danielle King has 86 and third. Fourth place is Miriam Lee with 60. She's going to have to win another major in order to catch up, frankly. Because majors are worth double. Victories are worth 30 points. Second place finishes are worth 12. So at a major, it's doubled. So to run, run out your hypothetical with Jin Young, had she won this week, would have been 30. Had she won the U.S. Women's Open, it would have been 60. So that would have been 90. So instead, based on her return this week, mm. her cap is 96. She, unfortunately, is mathematically eliminated. <laughs> That's still wild, though, that she would, like, there would still be a, a chance. But anyway, that is... <laughs> winning matters for Rolex Player of the Year. That's pretty fair. Winning, winning does matter. Yeah, you're right. That's, I, I that's why we play sports out here. Yes, <laughs> it does. It does remind me of, uh, you know, Tiger throughout his career. I think kind of famously, like he doesn't play tons of events, but he always picked events. Like we know all the places he won. He won at the same places many times. 
So like he picked his schedule and he would win. You know, he won player of the years, not playing tons of events. So anyway, this is not about men's golf or Tiger Woods. This is we're talking women's golf, but it does. It's an apt comparison. Bring back some it's memories an apt about comparison. That. And I think that Rolex player of the year watch is something to keep an eye on going into next week that we can elaborate more there in our preview episode because those points are worth double. Whomever plays the best of NB or Say Young will be in the driver's seat going into the CME Group Tour Championship. And of course, Daniel King is in striking distance, but a 20 point gap in this award is very significant. Right? If neither NB or Say Young get any points next week, Daniel has to finish in second place to make up the gap. And that's because second place is worth double next week. It's worth 24 points. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. It is primarily Sayung versus MB. And on a final note, before we get out of here, Ben, CME Group Tour Championship field update. This is something one could argue we should have talked about more earlier. But to get into the field, you have to be in the top 70 in CME Group Tour Championship points. There are also two sponsors exemptions this year, notably put in because the tour rightly imagined that some players would not travel to the United States immediately upon the restart to give notable players exemptions into the field, such as the aforementioned Jin Young Ko. Charlie Hole moved into the top 70 this week from 81st to 68th with a tie for sixth finish, and Angel Yin dropped out to 74th without from 70th. And that's that's the only move into the top 70. A major's worth double. We'll dive into that deeper in the preview show. But that's a significant moment for Charlie, who, oh, by the way, has been in contention at CME multiple times and won there before, too, down in Tiburon. Yeah, she loves that course. <laughs> I, I can attest to that seeing her play in, there in person a few times and... Uh, she won her first career LPGA tour event there. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a big move, especially look with, with the purse being up for grabs for all 70 players that get, or I guess technically 72, they get into that field. Like it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's a really big deal for the bets of the week. Dear Charlie, please make it. <laughs> <laughs> she should have some decent odds there. <laughs> <laughs> always thinking ahead kent always thinking ahead listen got to stay in the moment appreciate it but keep the process going moving forward mr ben as always a pleasure chatting do we have do we have any hot takes from you as we walk out the door ah uh, my my hot take almost came through my previous hot take of there being a new world number one by the end of november and i came up just short. Sayang's <laughs> a new number two, not a new number one. You're you're correct. So I, I almost had that prediction. Or the hot take almost came true. But uh hot take. Oh, well, hot take. US Women's Open, a non LPJ tour member is going to win. That's my hot take. Well, I look forward to seeing that in your picks. <laughs> See how many non LPG tour players you pick, uh, you pick to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
not give any anything away yet, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, we've talked about this a number of times, but my goodness, the country of South Korea is playing so gosh darn well. I, I couldn't imagine projecting out what number you think you need to be in the world rankings to represent the country at the UL International Crown and more importantly, the Olympics. Like what? Holy crap. <laughs> NP Park, <laughs> Jin Young, Young are just balling out week over week. It kind of feels like a battle for fourth place with how well those three are playing right now. For sure. Like there, there's literally like a, a handful of players inside the top 25 that it's really not even on their, it's probably in their, on their mind somewhere, but like, there's actually so many players ahead of them that it's not quite something that comes to the, to their mind, at least right away. That's, that's wild. NB is the third representative fifth in the world right now with the possibility to move up after her strong performance this week. Sung Hyun is in ninth. Hyoju Kim, whom we have not talked about as she has not played on the LPGA tour this year, but dominated the KLPGA as you've watched consistently. Ben is in 10th. Jungin Lee, 6th, defending U.S. Women's Open champion in 12th, and So Yan Yu is in 15th. And that's just the top 15. You can keep going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is a bad toll for the final spot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, next many months going into 2021 to see how these different lineups kind of shake out. Who's going Who's going to make it? And the cutoff is in late June. There's not that many majors left. Next week is pretty critical for that battle. Yep, excited to watch, excited to talk about it on the next episode. On the next episode of the Ninth Tee, as always. Thanks, thanks again for joining, Ben. Yep, no problem, Kate. Talk to you soon. <laughs>